This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go business storytellers. Hey, how's everyone doing? Fist bump. Let's get today's episode going. Now, today we want to talk about energy innovations. Interesting topic to me. I see content about this out there every once in a while. Um, And you know what? What does that mean? What's the information that's out there? What's the misinformation that's out there? And when it comes to energy innovations, in my mind, you know what I think about? I don't even know. I think about the solar panels on the top of my house. There aren't any. You know, I see friends putting them up. Is that energy innovation? Is getting a better price on my electric bill uh, innovation? I don't know. Um, I'm sure there's other things. I don't know what they are. But before we get there, I want to do. I want to do. I want to say thank you, Energy Ogre, uh, today's partner for today's episode. Really appreciate them. And I'm going to throw this question right over to their CEO, um, Jesson Bradshaw. He is based in Texas. I'm based in Iowa. Used to go to Texas all the time. They do things big in Texas. I know that, everything. Jessen, tell us, what do I get wrong about um, energy innovation? Welcome to the show. Well, I mean, certainly that's the big push that you see really from coast to coast right now is is folks trying to figure out uh, how to be more conservation-minded, how to be you know, environmentally conscious, whether that's, you know, green energy, solar, et cetera, et cetera. So it's definitely, I've been in this business for, you know, over 25 years, and there's definitely more uh, thought that's going into this, and people are paying a lot more attention to electricity and where their energy comes from and, and how it's all generated. So the the collective awareness of what's happening and, and the, the interest level that the consuming public has of being part of a solution, I think, is at an all time high. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with that at all. And I, I actually thought about, you know, putting up solar panels, you know, and I'm like, oh, should I do that? And then I don't understand the math at all. And neither <laughs> does my wife. So that's already that, that's already two strikes against it. Right. If I don't understand it to make the case and then she doesn't understand it, like it's never going to go anywhere. Then I'm thinking, but then I see the articles, you know, by 20, I don't know, 20, I saw it the other day, 2040, the U.S. will use, I don't know how much more uh, energy than they use today. Um, so I'm worried about that, right? How do we, what can we do to, to actually get ahead of that? Um, and then why would I take a step to do anything? I mean, something has to be in it. I don't want to be selfish, but most consumers are, right? I mean, something has to be in it for the consumer. Well, I think that's the key. And the, the challenge is, is that the situation that you might be dealing with in Iowa or the situation here in Texas is very likely to be completely different uh, than the situation of someone that's in Hawaii or somebody that's in California. So there's very much a regional and there's a, geog- there's a geography associated with some of these solutions and what are the right solutions. 
And so it's, it's a lot to contend with. At the same time, you have always some, some folks that are kind of out in front of these things, trying to make outsized profits on people that don't fully understand, uh, you know, what they're getting into or what those costs might actually look like. So I think you're 100% right to be somewhat skeptical and to try to get your arms around what this means uh, to you from a dollars and cents perspective. In certain parts of the country, the cost of electricity is so high on a per kilowatt hour basis that it makes imminent sense to be able to, uh, you know, put solar installations in place and your variable cost of electricity off of, uh, you know, a solar infrastructure is going to be far less than what it is from the, the grid power that, that you're consuming. In a lot of other parts of the country, that's actually a negative number. So it's far more costly. Uh, to consume off of solar than it is off of the, the existing infrastructure. So a lot of it really depends on where we are in the country and, and where we are in the world for that matter. Yeah, and I actually, I heard a thing about, uh, I think it was Elon Musk, not that anything or everything the guy says is correct, <laughs> um, but he said something about China could just do solar um, panels everywhere because they have a lot of land. And of course, in Iowa, they put up the wind turbines, you know, the, 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 and you drive down the interstate and it feels like you're getting attacked by these wind turbines or, you know, I don't know if they're called turbines. But that's what I would call them. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, and but I, I mean, the farmers, certainly they, they create energy. Now, for me as a consumer, when I we're not going to keep talking about solar panels here, but when I looked at the numbers, I didn't get to where it makes sense to me, like. I didn't think I was saving enough money to have any more discussion about it today. Now, I could change my mind. So at the end of the day, something has to be in it for the consumer, right? Talk about um, how do companies get there? And, 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 and I mean, do consumers only care about the cost or, or what, what's important to consumers from what you're seeing? Well, I mean, we Texas is a great example, and I can certainly speak a little bit more of what we see here um, than maybe some of the other parts of the country. You know, in places like I mentioned before, in California, if you're in Puerto Rico, if you're in Hawaii, the, the, the grid infrastructure and the cost associated with buying from the local utility is very high in comparison to what the, what the costs are when you, when you fully cost all of the uh, solar infrastructure. And so it makes economic sense for people in a lot of those areas to do that. Outside of that, here in Texas, we still see um, a lot of folks opt for solar it doesn't make as much sense. Um, that's largely because in Texas, we're way, way ahead of a lot of different parts of the country in terms of renewables, but ours is all kind of grid scale. And so there's less, there's less need for that to occur at the residential end scale. But we do see people that still, notwithstanding the economics of, of some of those decisions, continue to put solar, for a number of reasons. One is um, for us here post-February of last year, people have been sold uh, a resiliency story that, you know, you're better off generating your own electricity. That doesn't, you know, unless you're putting some kind of an energy storage device hand in glove with, uh, with your own generation, um, it may not really uh, be what folks are expecting it to be. Uh, they're also being sold, um, you know, and, and folks, you know, pay a lot of attention and get value out of uh, the the clean energy story, as opposed to it being a straight economic decision for them. So there's some of these other externalities and some of these other kind of non-economic terms that that give people a reason to 
you know, throw the, throw the economics of some of that maybe out the window and, and press ahead in some of these areas where it doesn't make as much sense. Yeah, very interesting. And, you know, we had a big storm here, which I still don't know how to pronounce. Uh, Derricho, Derricho, something like that. An inland hurricane, that's what I call it. 90% of the city um, lost power or was damaged. Maybe 100% of the city lost power. 90% of buildings were damaged. So we actually got a generator. So my ears uh, peaked up when you said, well, you have to store it somewhere, you know, if you're going to totally do it yourself. So a generator, of course, doesn't generate the power itself it just pulls it from somewhere different as opposed to the the, the electricity I, I guess um, but but anyway um, so you know so that's always top of mind for me too how do we stay powered up how do we keep going and how do we make it work now I know we jump in right away when you got on I didn't even give you a chance to to, to tell people who you are and um, if you're a regular viewer and listener of the show you know that's a new thing we're testing it See how you like it. Tell us if you don't like it. Um, if you want us to do half chit chat first, I heard this on the Dan Patrick show. So I don't know if you've seen this. Dan Patrick has football head coaches on the show, and he doesn't get into oh Ron Rivera. Tell us where you grew up and all this. He just says Ron Taylor Heineke or whatever the defense, whatever you know what I mean. Like he just asks you a question and you have to answer the question. So tell us if you like that new format, and if you hate it, let me know as well. Uh, Jessen, tell us about what do you do? Why do you care about this topic? And, you know, um, yeah, who are you? Sure. Well, you know, a few years ago, myself and a partner, we founded a company here uh, in Texas. We're based out of Houston, but we serve customers all over the state mm -hmm. uh, to really help people navigate through the competitive electricity market. Um, some of the folks that are watching or some of the folks that are listening, uh, they may not be familiar with competition. You may not have competition in, uh, at the retail level for electricity in your neck of the woods. I know like in Iowa, for example, uh, I don't believe you have that as an option. But um, what we found here, you know, Texas has had a competitive market in, in the bulk of the state uh, going back to 2002. And it's been a very robust uh, competitive environment. But what we saw over the years is just a lot of confusion. People get uh, information overload. Uh, everyone is the best, you know, in their advertising or the cheapest or whatever have you. And what we saw was uh, folks were pretty well overwhelmed with uh, a number of different decisions, uh, how many decisions, how many options there are. And as we start moving into renewable products and green plans and things of that nature, there's too many options. Um, and so what happened was I think people really kind of stopped fully maximizing their ability to save on their electricity costs because they just became overwhelmed with some of these situations. So we formed this business to step in to assist consumers by basically just taking it out of their hands and just managing it for them uh, like we manage our own houses. And so each, each person, the way you use electricity is unique to your particular footprint. And so mm -hmm. there's usually gonna be a unique solution. But what you had said before, kind of, um, I think to, to relate, you know, as you were assessing uh, these different uh, options with respect to solar, you know, didn't understand the economics, didn't understand, you know, what all the consequences of that were. And that's basically what we are doing. It's trying to solve that problem is really putting some additional oomph on the part of the consumer to make them subject matter expertise, uh, make them subject matter experts or bring a subject matter expert to the equation 
that is exclusively focused on their interests. So we do this as a fiduciary for our customers um, to manage their electricity service. And it would be very similar to if you were to find someone that were able to come in and say, hey, here's what you do and here's what the absolute economics are for better, for worse. And this is why it does or does not make sense to do this route or that route. So that's that's what we basically do here in a nutshell. Very interesting. And competition, of course, usually is good. I mean, I think you're correct. And I was going to ask you, but you preempted my question to an extent. How I don't even know if I can if I have different providers here. I don't think I do. I think I got one provider for electricity and that's it. Now, my question is, for, so for the Internet, though, we used to have two competitors, kind of. One is they have basically dial up. So if you want that, they're a competitor. But, you know, you can't do anything with that, obviously. And then another one has been around for a while. And then a third one just dug up everybody's yard to lay out the cables. So, you know, that got everybody upset to an extent. Um, but now we have more competition, right? How do we get more competition when it comes to ele electricity? Or, or does everybody need to have competition? Or, I mean, is there any downside to, to, to not push it? Or, or how do people do that, I guess? Well, you know, there, we could talk about the, the, the upsides and downsides associated with retail competition on electricity. It would probably take you three or four <laughs> episodes. But... You know, suffice it to say that I'm a huge believer in competition. I think competition um, doesn't matter. If we talked about this in long distance telephones, we talked about this in cell phones, we talk about this in airlines. We have a long history of all these industries that were regulated and, and you know, were kind of regulated monopoly types of, of environments. Once you introduce competition, there's a huge windfall that accrues back to consumers. And Electricity has some different flavors associated with it, but that, that overall thesis, I think, is absolutely correct in electricity as well. And so I think it's a good thing. Um, what we see is that when we talk about competition, uh, it, there's places that are truly open and competitive, and there's other places that are kind of dipping their toes in the water. They, they say that they have competition, but it's not really kind of full and open competition. So it's a I think it's very difficult, I think, for the average consumer to really understand where they are in their state. Usually it's done on a state by state basis. Um, and, and so what we'll see is, you know, some places like Illinois might have competition at the retail level. Um, places like Texas have that. And then other places, you know, like in Georgia and some of the, you know, Iowa, uh, we don't have that. Um, and so that's going to be a function of what the, the state uh, lawmakers end up doing and, and how they roll those things out. And there's powerful interests, you know, to maintain the status quo. And uh, so that it's an uphill battle in a lot of the places that have been out there, you know, characterized with a lot of disinformation about about how, uh, how how well this will work for consumers. But it's been a great thing here in Texas. You know, the one thing I can say is, uh, you know, today I pay equal to or less than I think it's less than uh, what I paid when the market opened in 2002. So we've, we've not really seen any significant runaway inflation in the cost of electricity over the course of the last 20 years, or at least those of us that are active in the in in, in, in you know taking advantage of competition. So you know, lots of people have fallen asleep and they're not really getting the full benefit out of it, and so they maybe end up paying more. But uh, for the folks that are active and, and and are working on this stuff is. I pay you know less now than I did you know 
20 years ago. So it's that's not a whole lot of places you, and a whole lot of things you can say. <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. And I mean, certainly who doesn't want to pay less? And I mean, I was just thinking about my my cell phone bill. It's certainly not, not less than my $25 landline from 20 years ago. But it also hasn't gone up a lot, you know, and I yeah. think that's or actually has gone down with all these different promos and and whatnot. Um, so certainly competition has helped there. Now, interestingly, you know, we got about a thousand people or so who who in a month search specifically for how do I lower my electric bill? So it is top of mind for people. You know, people are searching for it. People are trying to get answers to your question. And and, you know, you guys all should check out Energy, Energy Ogre's blog, energyogre.com, and then go to blog. And you guys have all kinds of tips on there, 15 ways to lower your electricity bills this winter. Um, so it's, you know, you, you certainly are living um, living the, the story of sharing valuable information about what, what it is you're trying to help. Uh, well, not always wanting people to, I mean, you always want people to sign up, I get it, but but you share information freely, right? And I mean, is that kind of your philosophy to be a resource as well? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, there's so much misinformation and there's so much of a lack of understanding about really how electricity works, period. I mean, here we are in Texas, 20 years post deregulation or post the competitive market being out there. And we see over and over again that people have this misconception here, even that have been in this market, that uh, the some of the competitors that are not the old incumbent utilities are like middlemen or you know some other nonsense. And we see this a lot too, where uh, folks are concerned. We live in hurricane uh, areas, you guys uh, are aware, and you know people will say things like, "Well, if you're with such and such provider, you're going to get your electricity back on faster, or they won't shut you off." So there's just there's just a tremendous amount of misinformation and disinformation that continues to circulate, you know. And obviously, that benefits certain people and certain incumbents, and they have less of an interest in actually correcting the record. And what we found was whether I'm helping somebody. Uh, you know, manage their electricity or they're doing it themselves. It doesn't matter to me, obviously, on the one hand, we'd love to be able to do that for them. I think it's easier, but ultimately we want for folks to be able to get the value out of this competitive market and to to get the real value of the legislation that was passed. So we want to be uh, a free resource as much as we possibly can to provide people, you know, information. So we have you know, a, a good place. If you, if, I think I'm in a good rate, or I think I have a good plan. We have some free resources that are available to say, okay, well, you're not, uh, or you're in a great plan uh, compared to what the competitive market actually is, a spot check or some of these other resources. But we, we really want to make that available to folks and, and to, to get more and more people uh, being able to reduce their costs, because there's some significant cost savings just in optimizing into the right plan could be 20% lower, 30% lower, uh, just depends on, on on where you're starting from. So it makes sense for people here in the competitive areas to constantly be on top of um, you know, where they are and who they're with. So I want to get back to the misinformation in a second. But before we, we get back to that is so when somebody when you get a better deal with some company, does that mean are they just giving you a better deal? Or are they doing something to, you know, do something for the greater good to, to provide energy in a different way, or is what I'm saying doesn't make any sense at all? 
Well, I mean, look, it, here's the weird thing about electricity and the electricity yeah. competition is these guys are all selling the exact same thing. It's okay. it, electricity is the is a completely fungible commodity. If there is if there is any such thing as they are literally all identical. So the, the key differentiator amongst a lot of the different providers here in the competitive market is how good of a job do they do in managing their wholesale costs? And, and what is their corporate balance sheet? That's basically what the business that they're in is they're trying to manage risk. And the better ones, the ones that have a, a lower cost of, of acquisition, the ones that do a better job of, of managing, uh, you know, not getting bills paid on time and things of that nature, they're going to have a competitive advantage versus their competitors. Some of the providers that are here, it's kind of interesting. We see this very much like the way long distance telecommunications uh, rolled out over the years. I remember someone telling me a story, and I'm sure I'll get it wrong what the exact numbers were, but you know, uh, after long distance opened up for competition, I think it was like 20 years later, AT&T still had 65% market share or something like that. So we see the similar kinds of things here where a lot of the legacy providers, the incumbent providers still keep a lot of the customer base. They might have developed different brands and things of that nature, but they're ex still extracting a premium um, on the product that's exactly the same as what everybody else is actually getting. Um, and so that's that's one of the things that concerns us. And we, we want to be able to put that information in the hands of of the consumers. so They can make an educated decision or we can make that educated decision on their behalf. Yeah, very, very interesting. So why why do you think there's so much misinformation out there? I, I mean, to get us started here, I mean, I think part of it is just there's so much information coming at us, right? I mean, we can't actually consume everything that's out there, right? I mean, it, is that part of it or why else? Why is it so difficult to overcome some of I this? Is it misinformation or outdated? But some of both. I mean, I think the reality is that um, it's the, the biggest issue I see is we're all super busy. I mean, the pandemic was yep. kind of interesting where it slowed people down. But at the end of the day, if you think about all the things that compete for your attention with your family, with your kids, with your work, uh, people tend to not really spend, at least in these areas, they don't like to spend an inordinate amount of their mind capacity on something like electricity. You know, I happen to love my dentist, but people, it's about as exciting as, you know, making your next dental appointment. It's just, it's not kind of front of mind for people. The other weird thing about electricity is it's, it's a very ethereal product. Um, you don't really see it lying around and you don't think about it. A lot of people only think about electricity if they get an outsized electricity bill or if mm -hmm. the power is not on. So it's not there's there's a ton of information. There's almost too much information, but it's also that people choose to spend their time focused on things that they prioritize higher without really fully understanding what the cost benefit of spending more time focused on that would be. So I think that's a big, big part of it. So I was just going to ask you that actually, and then and you, you mentioned it yourself, is something has to happen, right, for me to even think about my, about my, my electricity bill or, right. I mean, really anything in my house, you know, my water heater. Like, I'm not going to think about getting a new water heater until the thing, you know, breaks, which it did a couple months ago. <laughs> um, what, like, there was no flooding or anything like that, but it was definitely getting closer for it to just burst open. So what are these... 
how can people, why should people think about electricity? Why should they think, think about energy innovation at this point? Like if, if we're not going to get this outrageous bill, what other um, reasons are there? Well, I, I think that's a, an excellent question. But as I we had just been discussing at the very beginning of the show, what we're seeing today is the 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 knowledge and the collective interest in you know being involved with energy conservation or you know this is we've seen this it's moving from incandescent light bulbs to folks saying well, hey if we move to leds we can we can say where well, there's this new bell and whistle as we have these new products uh in the home these kind of smart home innovations what, what we're seeing is is that it's becoming a little bit more front of mind um just because the collective awareness of some of these things, if we see in the media constantly a push for things that we've talked about, renewable energy generation, the new green deal types of things that dominated the headlines for a long time. I think what it does is it it, it sort of pulls that more to kind of a front of mind uh, conversation for or thought process for a lot of people. And then when we have things like we, we had uh, here where we have, you know, in Texas at least, after February of last year, you know, it's definitely on the public's mind to think about energy resiliency, uh, the availability, the availability of energy and what that means. So I think folks are kind of a lot more primed to be able to pull this information in or their interest level is, is kind of starting to creep up to a point where uh, now some of these solutions that are available out there, they're, they're much more uh, receptive to, to getting that information. And I know, I think I already found the answer while you were talking, because thank you, multitasking um, at your service here. Um, you're not available. You can't help me in Iowa, but you can help me in other states. Now, I did find on your website, energyogre.com forward slash savings. And all you have to do is type in your zip code and it'll give you a big red X if they can't, if they can't help you. Um, are there any other parts of the country? Um, where, where can, where do people have a choice? Are there regions? And we only got like 30 seconds left here. Do you know sure. on the top of your head? Yeah, there's a n number of the states in the Northeast are open to competition or some form of competition. Generally speaking, you know, folks that are residents in those areas are going to have a, they, they've probably been bombarded with, uh, with electricity okay. advertising. Uh, they would know. Um, but it's definitely something I think that is coming um, as part of the overall innovation change. Uh, it's it's kind of an inevitability in my mind for us to move towards uh, more competitive outcomes in different areas because that will that will do it's the, the very best job of, of trying to reduce costs for consumers as we're rebuilding all of our infrastructure and accommodating a lot of the uh, the new technologies. And of course, I heard you say it earlier. If you want it in your state and it's not available, um, go talk to your legislatures, and that's that's how things seem to start a lot of times right to bring it up maybe they don't sure. even know about it maybe they don't even um they don't have an opinion because they don't know right it's 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 going to be generally speaking in most of these markets uh there's it's going to be to the consumer's benefit you know there, there may be some reasons in certain areas where that may not make sense but as a general rule i think uh, we've seen over the years that competition tends to end up benefiting consumers and you know that's 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 my story that i'll start with in, in, in the initiation of all these conversations that's the hill you die on, and I um, I have no reason to doubt that that's true. Um, thanks for joining me. Really appreciate you making the time. Enjoy it, Christoph. Thanks.
that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Thank you.